Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. And today I'm sort of improvising. So um, what comes out is just what comes out, and that's the way your musical improv will be. However, this episode is not really about improvisation, but I just want you to know that I am improvising this one. I want to go back, and um, the first thing I want to do is thank everyone who has been listening, sharing the show with other people of like mind, and I know not everybody's going to like this. That's okay. It's not for everybody. It's for you. If, if you've listened to three or four of these, then I think I'm safe in saying that this show is for you. And so I'm just going to talk about the show a little bit here first. I want to explain, you know, my concept for this. There is, um, if you were to go to my website, bradleylaird.com, get that little plug in there. You know, you could hop around and see all kind of stuff, but you, you're not really going to come away with any kind of knowledge of who exactly I am. Even in some of my video lessons, you could watch it. You have to remember I was sitting in a room with, um, you know, I was reading from a teleprompter and the, the director is over there, the teleprompter guy and the cameraman and people are looking at me and I'm trying to play real perfectly. I, I don't think my true personality comes across certainly not 100% through those videos. I think they're very good. I, I tried to always be organized and clear about what I was, you know, what I was trying to accomplish in any particular video. I don't just turn it on and, and, uh, you know, start riffing. I, I, I planned them out and spent many, many hours. I don't even know how many hours went into that whole series of banjo and mandolin videos. But at the end, you know, as I sort of wrapped up that whole process, I realized that, you know, maybe the, maybe the next day I would be at a lesson and just talking to a student and I was just going on this and that and, you know, telling stories and talking back and forth and that sort of thing just isn't in the videos. So that's why I made this podcast. I decided, you know, there's a whole lot of other things that I could kind of rap on. And it's not the kind of thing that you can sell to somebody. I can't, uh, you know, create a video lesson saying, you know, what I learned by hanging around bluegrass festivals for 30 years. Nobody's going to pay for that. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll just record this stuff, put it out there for free. And if people like it, hey, cool. And if they don't, that's, that's all right too. Um, it's so that's the purpose of this thing to not have such time constraints and to be able to just kind of wrap and talk and shoot the breeze. So I, that's what I'm doing. And if you like that, you know, have fun with it. And I, I there's some useful stuff in here too. I, one of these days, and I probably should get right on this. I'm going to go back and listen to all of them. And perhaps make a few notes about, okay, like bullet points. I said this, I mentioned that. I don't, you know, I need to kind of start cataloging what I've done before it becomes a complete monster. 
I mean, we're already looking at nine hours or 10 hours of stuff. I need to get on that right now and just do it each episode here. I'm sitting here advising myself. But anyway, I hope you are enjoying the podcast. I've been experimenting with different microphone setups, different places within the house. Um, like today, for example, I, in some of the earlier episodes, you used to hear the rooster crowing and the dog barking. And I think I might have solved that a little bit, but today it's raining and uh, I'm hearing the, the rain come on, on the roof. I don't know if you can hear it. I'll be real quiet for just a second. No, well, I don't know. Anyway, making a few little changes and uh, working out how to do these long-range interviews. I hope you like that last one uh, with Mike Marshall. Anyway, today I'm just kind of sitting around here. It's raining, and I thought I would just come on here and improvise a little bit. So enough about the podcast. And uh, here's a point I've been sort of wanting to make and I think I made it before but sitting on this side of the microphone is is kind of lonely you know when during the many years that I was performing when you were on your side of the microphone you could look out on the other side and there was a whole room full of people or 200 people or like the time we played at Merlefest what I don't know 20,000 people out there or the time uh, I'll tell this story not today. I'm going to come back to this one. The time that our band Cedar Hill opened for the band Fish. And, well, I'm not, I won't tell that story. I'm going to come back and tell that story of Cedar Hill opening for Fish. Well, there was probably 40,000 people there. What I'm saying is when you're performing and you're on your side of the microphone, you're not lonely at all. You know, but doing a podcast... I'm recording this today. It probably won't go up for a few weeks. And then you're going to listen to it. You might listen to it that day, or you might listen to it five years from now. And I may never hear from you. I don't get that applause, you know. So all I'm saying to you is if you are listening to this right now, and we are right now in the year 2017, in case you happen to be listening to this in the year 2152 or something, if there's a chance that I'm still alive and my website is still up when you're hearing this, you know, send me an email. Let me know what you think. I got pretty thick skin. I can, I can take a little criticism too. So just tell me what you're thinking. But uh, mostly what I want to hear is, you know, you've been hearing me talk. What else do you want to hear me talk about? Because I will take your ideas into consideration. That's why I'm doing all this. I'm doing this. I'm not really doing this for me. I mean, you know, putting it out there for y'all. So I hope, uh, I want to cover the things that you want to know about. And if I don't know, I'll just flat out tell you, I, I have no idea about that. Like some guy asked me one time, he's, he's a, what do you know about Brazilian music? And I said, I don't know anything about Brazil except Brazil nuts. I don't know anything about it. I think I proved that in the last episode with Mike Marshall or whenever that episode came out when he started talking about playing that Brazilian choro. <laughs> I was so stupid about Brazilian music. I thought it was pronounced coro because, you know, when I was in high school, there was a chorus. We pronounce it chorus. So I didn't call it the chorus. But see, you, you live and learn. Even when you get my age, you're still learning. <laughs> 
So anyway, if, if there is a topic for this episode at all, I'm going to call it easier said than done. And here's my basic idea. Back, I don't even remember which episode it was. I said, oh, you know, there's a lot of things about playing music that just flat out very difficult. I mean, you're going to have to work. It was probably in that playing versus practice episode. There's a lot of work involved to be good at anything. But I said, you know, well, there's some easy things you can do. And I think I said, you know, in a future episode, I'm going to tell you some of the easy things that you can do to make your playing better and make better music. So I was sitting around this morning thinking about what are some of those easy things. And it dawned on me that those easy things, the reason they're called easy is because it's easy to say them. It's a lot harder to actually do them. In other words, it's a very simple idea. But putting it into practice could be stupidly simple or it could be, you know, a lifetime of toil. <laughs> I mean, think about this. How many times has somebody given you some simple advice? You know, think about your father. I'm sure your father gave you lots of advice. I know I do to my son, and it's promptly completely ignored. And it was probably wisely. But think about that simple, crystallized piece of advice that someone has given you, and it's happened to you many times. But you begin to think about it, or you begin to try to do it, and you realize how insanely impossible it is. So what I'm talking about when I say easier said than done, or some easy things you can do to improve your playing, what I mean is they're easy to say. This is a lot like, um, let's say you're trying to lose weight and then you decide, you know, you know, you can't button your pants anymore. And you're thinking, wow, I, you, you bravely get on the scales and you, and you look at your driver's license, which, you know, five years ago you renewed and it, it still says 165 on there and you get on the scales and it's saying 230. It's real easy for me to tell you how to lose weight. I'm actually in the process. I, I said this in a couple episodes ago. I'm right now in the process. I know exactly how to lose weight. It is so ridiculously simple. It's exactly easier said than done. It's so simple. And I'll just tell you now, all you do if you want to lose weight, if you need to lose weight, and uh, insert the standard lawyer lawyer-esque legalese about, I am not a doctor, so I'm not advising you. I'm just telling you what I do. If a person needs to lose weight, it's very simple. There's five things. Don't eat grain, don't eat beans, don't eat potatoes, don't eat sugar, and don't eat dairy. That's it. Five little things. GBP, sugar and dairy. That's it. It's simple. I learned that from a guy named Ray Audette, who wrote a book called Neanderthin. And I'm going to let you research Ray Audette um, because there is a kind of a, a strange, twisted bluegrass connection to Ray Audette, who wrote the uh, bestseller Neanderthin. And basically, you know, the book is 100 pages or something. And 
you can read the book and it explains it, but it, but the you can just flip open to the you know like page one. It tells you don't eat grain, no beans, no potatoes, no sugar, no dairy. That's it, and you, your body just fixes itself. Oh, well, I'm a firm believer in in his theory. I'll let him explain it with his book. But check into Ray Audette and his um, connection to bluegrass and to a person you may have heard of called uh, Sharon Gilchrist and the Dixie Chicks. I'm mean, just let you you just go Google Ray Audette and you'll you'll find uh, there's some bluegrass connections there. But anyway, dieting is simple. You know, like I could explain, uh, let's say a friend of mine said, oh man, I, I really need to lose some weight. I said, it's easy. Just don't eat grain, no beans, no potatoes, no sugar, no dairy, and the weight just falls off. Okay, well, that's really easy to say. It's a little bit harder to do, especially when there's a box, like my wife was up in Atlanta um, yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, and she likes to go to Ikea. So she went into Ikea and she always brings these boxes. It's like a, a giant case of these, some kind of Swedish sugar cookie. And when those things are in the house, this simple plan of no grain, no beans, no sugar, no dairy, no potatoes is not so easy. When you're looking at those cookies and you remember how good they were. Well, that's what I mean. It's easy to say it. It's not so easy to do it. So you have to develop this sort of uh, um, bulldog determination, whether you're trying to learn to play an instrument or trying to learn to lose weight or practically anything that you set out to do. You know, if, if, if you're a kid and you're going to build your dog a doghouse and the first three nails you drive bend over, are you just going to just, you know, like toss the project or are you going to figure out how to drive a nail? You got to stick with things. And I'll just, I'll just tell you about my dieting here real quick since, since I'm on it. And it's, it's kind of hot on my mind right now. I'm five foot 10. I got on the scales. I was kind of afraid to get on the scales. And I looked at them at two thirty. Whoa. I'd been, I mean, I was like two. I, I did hit two thirty back probably in the early nineties. And I went on this same exact diet or something very similar to it. lost the weight and everything was fine. And, but you know, it gradually comes back. Somebody orders a pizza and you're at a weak moment and you know, you eat the pizza and you little by little by little, you gain it back. But anyway, back about, I guess it's been about 60 days ago. I got on the scales. I was like two thirty. This is not good. I need to be down about one eighty five. So I get out my Neanderthal book and I read it in one night again. Thanks, Ray. I already knew, knew what was in it, but I thought maybe I'll get some, some inspiration. And, you know, musically, you might do the same thing. You might, you know, you might pull out an old video lesson, pull out beginning mandolin two or something and watch it again. Even though you've been playing five years, you know, there could be something in there that you've sort of forgotten about and you get re-inspired. So anyway, I pull out Neanderthal, I make me a little chart, and I'm going to, you know, keep track of all this. So here I am, um, I think it's 60, 62 days later. 
and I, I have lost 32 pounds. Just that simple. It's easy. <laughs> Me and my son Jackson, he, he is about to turn nine. Uh, I found him an earnest DVD down at Tractor Supply. We were buying some chicken feed down there. And in the video section, they had Ernest. <laughs> this thing is great. I forgot how much I loved Ernest. But just picture you're Vern and I'm Ernest. Vern, it's easy. Just no grain, no sugar, no dairy, no beans, no potatoes. It's easy, Vern. So anyway, I love that guy. So there you go. Music is a lot like dieting or any other task. Very simple to explain, not so easy to do. You know, I, I'll give you another example. I always felt in my mandolin playing and my banjo playing that I had this upper speed limit that I just could never seem to get over this. And, and this, that upper limit varied at different times of my life. There were times when I played really, really fast. I listened to old tapes and I, I it's scary. I, I don't even... It doesn't seem like me on their play because today I pick it up. I just, I don't play that fast anymore. So I began this little quest. I would ask all my picking buddies and friends and stuff, guys that just seem to play super fast with no effort. And I'd say, Hey, Tony, how, I have one question. Explain to me, how is it that you play so fast? And he would answer, well, you know, I don't know. I just don't think about it. David, how is it that you're able to play that darn thing so fast? Well, just relax. And this went on and on, and I asked a whole bunch of people, and, and the advice was always very simple. But then I would go home and try to put it into practice. Okay, relax. Well, trying to relax is about like that, that old joke about whatever you do, don't think of an elephant. Instantly, you think of an elephant. And, and relaxing is a lot like that. Relax, relax. You know, well, the more you think about relax, the more tense you get. It's, it's kind of like people that go to the doctor to get their blood pressure taken, and immediately their blood pressure goes up because, you know, they're in the doctor's office and they're afraid they're going to have high blood pressure. And much better to buy your own sphygmometer or whatever that thing's called, get yourself one off eBay and just. Take your blood pressure eight or ten times at home, and I think you'll find you have much lower blood pressure. So anyway, let me just uh, rattle through a couple of ideas that came up to me. Uh, simple advice that might be harder to do than than harder harder to do than it is to say it. But here's the first one: try smiling, and I swear this works. I, I've always sort of had a comic. Um, side of me when I was on stage, you know, I never tried to be a comedian, but I, I just saw the weird side of stuff and I would make, I, I think I classified my onstage humor as sort of observational. It was rarely planned, canned, you know, one liners and stuff. Although I did stoop to that level, but you know, it would be playing off what I heard somebody else say or what was happening in the audience. I just kind of roll with it. And sometimes the stuff was kind of funny. Sometimes it fell flat. But what I learned about this is, is if you're smiling and the audience is smiling, everybody's having a good time. 
or certainly a better time. And that's the idea, isn't it? Isn't that what we're trying to do? Enjoy things? I'm not saying there aren't times for seriousness. There are. I get real serious about some things at some times. But, you know, yin-yang, you've got to do, you've got to balance that. So, smile. If if you're listening to this right now, you're probably not smiling. Um, but if you just form your face, uh, if you form your lips and lower face into a smile, you begin to feel a little bit better. But just, you know, that say cheese smile doesn't really affect the brain as much as while you do that, you have to um, allow your jaw to drop a little bit. You have to open your mouth just a little bit as you smile and raise your eyebrows and kind of make your eyes wider. If If you do that, you will absolutely instantly feel a little happier. It's just impossible not to. So I want you to, as you're playing, just smile a little bit. It will relax you. It will make you play better. And the people who are looking at you playing will not be like studying you quite as much. They're just going to feel happier too. I see a lot of bands on stage and they're all looking down at their instrument. They're all trying to play very well and relying on the sound only to communicate with the audience. But that performer who, while he is playing, will make eye contact and smile or some other expression there. You don't have to always smile you will pass that emotion facially. So, um, you know, smile. Try smiling. I used to, uh, I had a little print shop for many years. And, uh, well, not many years, maybe 10 years. I was in the printing business. My dad was a printer. And I got into that thinking that would be a way to, you know, keep food on the table. And I put a little uh, note above the phone that just said smile. And I would tell the employees, you know, when you answer the phone, smile, then say hello. Is it changes everything. So try smiling once in a while, you know, your face won't break. And if you're one of those really serious people, it will even be more impactful when you smile. So that's the first one. It's easy to say, might be harder to do, but try smiling. And let your mouth open a little bit and raise your eyebrows. There was a guy that played fiddle in our band, Cedar Hill, when I first joined the band in 83. A guy named Jeff Johnson. And this, um, I might have learned this whole thing from him. But sometimes when we were trying to hit harmony parts, and we spent a lot of time working on our singing. Most practices would all be nothing but singing. You work on your picking at home, but, you know. We'd work on the arrangements and the harmonies. Well, he was a chorus director. He he taught at Marietta High School, and then he went off to, he's I think he's now the choral director at University of Kentucky, Jeff Johnson. That guy was a great singer and taught us so much about singing. And if we were a little flat on a note, maybe we were in the upper part of our range, 
And, you know, just having difficulty tuning up, he'd say, smile and raise your eyebrows. And it would just bring you right up on pitch. So smile. There, there are benefits to smiling. Uh, the relax uh, thing. You know, it's easy to, like those people telling me, how do you play faster? Well, just relax. Okay. <laughs> you work on that one, but I will say it is true. Mike Marshall said it in the interview, learning to play relaxed. Uh, and I, he actually said developing something like, I'm paraphrasing, developing the muscle of playing relaxed. John Hartford talked about that quite a bit too. So dig into that. And uh, third thing, easy, simple advice that, and I kind of maybe hinted around this when I was talking about dieting, is that consider this, that maybe the problem or the, the obstacles with your music are not musical. Maybe they, ha- they don't have anything to do with music. Maybe it's, um, you know, personal problems, financial problems, health problems. Get those things fixed. And, you know, we had a house up in Atlanta. When I moved down here to America six years ago, we had a house up there. So we bought this place down here and had that house up there. And it sat empty for a while. We're working on getting it ready to sell. And then we rented it out. And that house up there just became, it was like a monkey on my back. And uh, last week we sold the house, closed on it. I, I had to make three trips to Atlanta to get the last of the stuff out of the basement. But, you know, the weight of something on your shoulders, you know, it could be a letter from the IRS, could be problems at work, it could be, I, you know, you know all the kind of problems you could have. Could be you need to lose 15 pounds. Maybe you need to gain 15 pounds. I don't know. But, those things affect your music. You know, you you can't just separate them and say, well, music is over here and everything else is over here. No, it's all one thing. It's you and your whole being. So consider the possibility that, you know, the way to make music more enjoyable for you is to tackle some of those other problems that aren't in the music category. So these are just sort of some random ideas, and I hope I'm improvising, you know, well, I'll, I'm, I'll toss out another one here. Figure out who you are and what you want to do. I, I said in a previous episode, I don't know you and I don't know what your goals are. And I think I uh, snidely said, I don't really even care what your goals are. And that's true. I, I really don't care what your goals are. They're nobody's business but your own. I, I do, if your goals are similar to mine, and, and they're constantly evolving and changing over time. My goals today are not what they were 40 years ago. They're still similar, but they're they're not exactly the same. Like one of my goals right now is to try to get my son to play some music. And it's I'm going to do an episode on that, children and music. And I have taken the approach that it's better just to leave a lot of stuff around and not force. Anyway, that's that's for another day. Figure out who you are and what you want to do and then make yourself some goals and work towards that. You want to lose some weight? You want to learn to play your banjo? You know, figure it out what it is you want to do and go do it. Here's another one that I I mention periodically. And that's get rid of your TV. Throw that darn thing away. Complete, total waste of time. 
Do your own thinking, okay? That's what I try to do. I was poisoned by that box for a long time. And, and you could say, well, you know, I, <laughs> it, it helps you keep track of I'm just going to say baloney to all that. I got rid of mine when we moved down here six years ago, and life has never been better. Actually, we did it a year before we moved. Consider that. That could help your playing. Throw out that TV. You don't need them. <laughs> I hate going in a place where, you know, there's 25 TV screens up there and everybody's looking at the TVs. I hate playing a gig with a big screen TV behind me. I always turn it off. I'm sorry you can't watch the basketball game. You know, you want to watch the basketball game, go home. We're here playing some music. So uh, just look below the TV and you'll see these guys that up there have been playing for 40 years and are trying to entertain you. You know, I think probably the same principle could be applied to the iPhone. Okay, well, anyway, enough of this. I'm just, uh, as Jody Worrell would say, I'm riffing in a minor key. So let me go back to a major key. Here's here's some examples of, of you know, how you might set some goals, make a plan. Maybe you, Maybe your problem is you don't have anybody to pick with. Why don't you start a jam? You know, post something on Facebook or, you know, put up some flyers, start your own jam, get off the couch, get out there and do something. Uh, here's another little random thought. And that's, I, and I, Mike Marshall was talking about this. Go back and listen to it. He was talking about width and depth. And he said something like, it's just as important to dig deeply into something than it is to try to be the jack of all trades. And I suggest that that is true too, especially if you want to see some real progress. Pick one thing, get really good at it. Stop jumping around trying to do everything and choose something and obsess over that one thing, at least for some period of time. And you will absolutely see progress that you can then apply to the next thing you jump over to. Anyway, I, I think I've probably killed enough time. I hope that you will stick around for future episodes. I've got a lot of neat stuff coming up in the future. And I thank you for listening to me sort of just ramble. It's sort of like, um, you know, if you just threw a chord progression down. I used to have this friend of mine. It was the guy that I mentioned that we sat around talking about the Farfisa synthesizer. He was telling me that he, he played in this band where they had these cards. And on each card would be written a chord. And they would shuffle them up and just deal them out. And they would just play whatever came up. It was an improv thing. And I, I was like, that would be really cool to do that in a bluegrass format. They were kind of electric band. And that's sort of what I've done here. I just you know, jotted down like four thoughts and then just started improvising. And that's good stuff to practice. You should practice the art of improv. And for you mandolin players, I've got a lot of information over on my website. Just go over there and find my mandolin books and also my improv series of mandolin lessons. That will get you the basics and start pointing you in that direction. And, of course, I have a lot of stuff over there for banjo and other things. So hop over to the site, dig around Enjoy the free stuff. It's up there. It's free. That's why I put it there for you to look at. So go go scope it out. 
And if you like what I'm doing or you feel like some of my material would be beneficial to you, uh, you know, check out the various things that I ask for a little, um, little cash in return. I'm pretty proud of, of what I've put together. And uh, one of these days, and I will, I'm going to just kind of do an overview of what I have because a lot of people, die, you know, they don't, they don't know all of all the stuff I've put together. So I'll come back and bore you to death with that one of these days. But anyway, thanks for listening to the show. And it's, I'm kind of enjoying this quiet morning, just sitting here drinking coffee and listening to it rain. I've got a, another interview. I'm not even going to reveal who it is right now that I'm doing today at two o'clock. It's 10 o'clock in the morning right now. Two o'clock, I'm going to do another one of these interviews. I'm going to start breaking up the show more with other people's thoughts than mine. I was come in here and rap on, you know, my thoughts from time to time too. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't listened to all the shows, go back. You, you got a many, many hours to wade through and I hope you enjoy them. And as always go over to iTunes and rate and review the show. Tell your friends about the show and Please visit my website, bradleylaird.com, and find um, all the goodies that I have hidden over there. So anyway, thanks a lot, and I will talk to you in the next episode.